0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Film Fracas. Before you listen to the podcast, though, we have some exciting news. We are launching our merch store. That's right. Right now, you can go on the internet, click the link in the show notes, and, you know, buy some Film Fracas merch. We have three shirts available for you. One of them says, "Bye bye One of them says, meticulously. And the other one says, hashtag fracas. All on the back. And the front is our faces. Other than that, we have a mug, a pillow, and a sticker. And all of the proceeds from this go directly into uh, making the show better. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. Uh, Buy merch if you want to, if you can. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash film fracas. Thank you guys so much. On with the
1: show. And now, on with the show. Hello everybody, it is time for film fracas, so either uh, run away or sit down and get ready to listen. This is Brett The Rock Johnson coming at ya. With me as always are the one and only Phoenix Party Zamboni Zarola. That's my name, what's up? Carter, the whole effing show Spilliards. Hello, how are you? And Robbie, the main man DeShazer.
0: What's up, what's up, what's up?
1: This is episode seven, the Fracas Awakens, (laughs) and we are down to our final three films, the Holy Trinity, as it were.
0: This is it. We're getting closer. The last,
1: second to last episode,
0: penultimate episode of the season.
1: Yes, it is
2: our Our battle of the bastards. Our season finale. I don't
1: want to go that far. (laughs) And uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about cinematography, and the films we got left are who framed roger rabbit the silence of the lambs and robocop and none of carter's films nope. that's right princess bride got voted off last week rendering carter a broken shell of a man broken shell of a man <laughs> yes with a, not a movie to his name
0: nope so yeah. everyone say bye to carter i'm gonna be I'm muting you. his <laughs> mic now and, wild card he's, he's yeah i'm really wild scared carter. of him at this Where'd he point go? where did he, carter go he's he's muted yeah he doesn't exist
1: no, he's right there.
2: Did
0: you okay, actually he's back? back? I, okay. I actually yeah. needed you for that. Like- oh wow, he's got oh, nothing goodness. to lose at this
1: point. He's he's dangerous. <laughs> I I
2: am dangerous. I can just uh, drop bombs left and right. All these movies suck.
1: Quick, give us a hot take.
2: A hot take. Hot take. These movies are pretty good. That's, That's not a hot very take. Very cold. Card- that was God. such a cold <laughs> take.
1: <laughs> card. God, we had a bit going and you ruined it. <sighs> well, last week
0: know. he did. He went real wild card and. uh Chose his winner as his loser. Yes. yes. And I thought
3: that was the start of his chaotic reign. <laughs> <was>, I'm excited. <laughs> but no, chaotic he's, he's real something.
1: Chaotic neutral something.
0: Yeah. He is the most n- true neutral at this point. Like, mm. Carter's always in a state of, of neutral good. And to make him... Very true neutral. That's a nice compliment.
1: Well, that's all well and good if we were playing alignment fracas. But we're not. We're playing film fracas. Playing
0: film fracas. This is... <laughs> this is it. He's who's there. starting what we got
1: uh do we announce the topic How yeah, cinematography. yeah. We're
2: cinematography we're talking cinematography we definitely pulled that out of a hat
3: yeah
0: there's yeah. the
2: hat <laughs> there's <laughs> a hat we one, 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 one slip left slip. in it
1: we yeah. had two categories so, and hmm. one of them is the finale so <laughs> do, do we have any criteria or guidelines that let's ask we're harder. defining the, cinematography to be as? The
2: most clear cut where the Camera, the shots that what what do you need clarification on?
1: No, I'm just wanting like for the listeners.
2: I mean, so cinematography is you know what we see on the film. It's it's the lighting, it's the camera movement, it's the way a shot is framed, it's how dynamic is it, how static is it, meaning how much does it move, how much does it stand still.
0: Anyone want to add? I think I mean, yeah, lighting's definitely going to come to play because we did you know say that we did when we talking did, about production yeah. design. Reserve that for this week. Correct. So. Yes. What else? Lighting's a big deal, framing that shot.
3: I would say I feel like that means color is not a not a take on this because we use color for production design. Um,
2: I'd I mean, you say, say you colors colors in, color is color. Like, color is an
3: element. Well, light of versus though. shadow, I get, but like as like blues and greens and yellows and. Stuff. I'd say,
1: like, the color of the lighting, but not, like, the color palette of, say, like, of the sets no, and the costumes sets, No, and but I would
2: say, like, the composition of the image,
0: if that makes like sense. Like, color correction? Yeah, or, like... Yeah, so let's use the film Moonlight, which is gone now, for example. Like, cinematography would involve, like, that shot of him overlooking the ocean, the blues in the sky that are brought yeah. out by the lighting, like... And the color correction; those are a part of cinematography. They weren't necessarily a part okay, of. Okay, So yeah. some yeah. some so takes yeah. of color, or are like be counted how against. all
2: David Fincher movies are green.
3: Yeah,
1: that would be yeah. So like, well, the, Gone Girl's blue, but yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. So um, yeah, so the color of the lighting, more yeah. or less. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For all intents and purposes, because that one's not
0: necessarily lighting, but yeah. but we're not looking at the color of Hannibal Lecter's yeah,
1: jumpsuit. Ex- no, yeah, that's yeah, no, that, that's why I said Correct. the car not. Not of the sets, not of the costumes, yeah. not the production design.
2: Because
3: we talked about that yes. already. Yeah, a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah.
1: All All right. Two weeks ago. If you want to
2: talk about it in tandem, like how the lighting improves that. that, that except we except we
1: already did that. Exactly. So but yes. Okay, but yeah, let's so uh,
0: at this point some things we've already talked about in the movies are gonna come up again. Yeah. Right. We've talked about okay. yeah. at length about right. these.
1: So things. So let's get the fracas Frolin.
0: Not that I can. And tell who wants anymore. to uh,
1: who wants to go first? I'll go first. Oh, and then we'll go out.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and then we'll go out. Then y'all go at the same time. Uh Um, Uh-huh. I'm going to say no. Yeah, let's not do it. How about I talk about all three of them and none
2: of you say anything? Do it.
1: That's as chaotic as starting. Go, let's do it. (laughs) Point your mics at Carter. Robbie edit, edit that out. Hey, thanks for the dead air, Carter. <laughs> Called you on your bluff. Okay, right, Phoenix. Yeah,
3: I'm. I'm. I'm here to talk about the cinematography in silence of the lambs. <laughs>
0: I'm just looking at the tape and It's just a silent stuff.
3: Not okay. n- Not not about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was a pregnant pause. But what I am about is You're the pregnant? cinematography what? in stop. Silence of
3: the Lambs. Um, this movie is just so incredibly shot, so well made. Um, there's so many frames and compositions that are just uh just capture the tone of the of the film particularly in the uh shot reverse shots between clarice and hannibal lecter um that really kind of shows the power dynamics within their dialogue and the way they frame it and the way they um they use how like the close-ups and the medium shots i would say are fantastic i think any of the um angles involving hannibal lecter in the I, i think it's the second prison the one that's where he's in the... In the hangar. In the hangar, yeah. um, are so are well done as well. Um, I think the... If we're going on like lighting color, I think this balances out really well because it's also... It's a very dark film, but the stuff that it shines light on is very menacing and terrifying in itself. Um, giving it that like harsh feel, um, feeling. That shot of down the well in... Uh, <laughs> the shot in down the well at... Um, Buffalo Bill's hut or whatever is so like simple, but still so menacing and how deep it looks. Like it really just looks like someone had like really far down and just conveys such like a menacing tone or whatever. And then like when you see it at first, you kind of don't know what it is, but it's only like the next time when you see how dark it is that someone has trapped all the way down there. Um, I just think it does a really good job at conveying the story Elements telling the narrative of the film, while also just adding those like those little touches of scare and power and relationship and uh, grittiness. The even at the beginning, when you just see um, Clary's talking to her boss at first, the when he's talking about Hannibal Lecter, it's just like so close up on him, and you could see how serious and disturbed he is, just talking about this man. Or when Clarice first walks into the room with all the other FBI agents and they all, and it's just that shot of all of them turning around to look at her and just knowing like their faces kind of tell the story of, Oh, she's totally not prepared for this. This is not, she's not in her element. Um, or at least that's not what they think she, she is. Um, it, uh, in just the way it, um, captures these moments, you can kind of feel the stakes and feel the, um, the unspoken struggles and the unspoken, uh, Parts of the story that I think are just so brilliant, and so yeah, I think the cinematography here is gold.
2: I think *Science of the Lambs* has the worst cinematography of any movie ever made. Carter, don't
3: do this to me.
2: I, I'm not actually going to say that. Uh, I um, yeah. thank you. <laughs> it's gonna be a long podcast, guys. Yeah, this is
1: this is chaotic. I, uh, <laughs>
2: no, it's it's this one. I think. Um, out of our three films remaining, I think this one definitely has the most mature cinematography. It's got, like, the, you know, the static shots on Hannibal Lecter are very unsettling and create that kind of, like, unflinching. You just have to take in his face. And the fact that he rarely blinks. it's often cause cons- it, Lots of people think that he's, like, not blinking, but he does blink.
3: Um, yeah, they, they take yeah. it out in post.
2: Yeah. But, um... It's just, yeah, it's very unnerving... And it's like, even in the the night vision sequence, how they handle that because you don't really see that a lot, but that in that movie it's used very effectively.
3: Yeah, that POV where you just Mm -hmm. you're on Buffalo Bill like observing Clarice and you it's so the movements are so yeah even even though it's like a POV they're still so very like swayed Mm -hmm. and slow but it's because they're coming from a killer who's like trying to. uh, methodically like yeah. take, o- take out this person when well,
2: everything in it you can tell is so very carefully like crafted and planned to go a certain way so that
3: really speaks to you know
2: the work put in to designing it
3: yeah mm-hmm. and if, if I could just talk about another, uh, another shot the la- the final scene when you're like watching Hannibal Lecter walk into that crowd as the credits roll and it's just like panning out mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you just see Hannibal Lecter like mix in with everybody and all of a sudden you can't yep. see him anymore yep. and stuff. It's just such a unique and it's crazy. Very it's very ominous and it kind of in, um, ominous and it kind of
0: uh, <laughs> I was wondering uh, if you'd address it. Now. I,
3: of course. Why? it was <laughs> uh, It was very yeah. ominous and uh, you know, it just conveys that like, oh shit, he's, he's really gone. Like, we don't know where he is anymore. Like, it just tells it without even saying anything. Mm -hmm. It just shows it. And I think it's, it's, it's another fantastic shot in the movie. Yeah,
0: This, the silence of the lambs is fantastic. It's, I mean, it's obviously gotten this far in. It does such a good job. The cinematography is so important to creating the mood for the film. And that, I mean, as we've talked about it week after week, I think that the mood of the film is so important (laughs) to what this film is. And I think of the, you know, I talked last week. Last week on, with Score, I talked about you know the kind of the hierarchy of needs for what in order to build you know this mood for this film, and I think the two most important are the cinematography and the performances. You could take out the music. You could take out the incredible incredible production design. You you know you could do so. You could do without so many of these things, but you take out the you know just masterfully done cinematography and the incredible performances, and you wouldn't. The other elements wouldn't matter i and agree so, i mean i feel like i love this movie i love the cinematography uh who's cre- who's the cinematographer on it because i was going to give all the credit to jonathan dim but obviously he's working with
3: i don't know uh, I'll-, I'll look that up yeah but yeah dim, it up.
0: visionary whoever did the cinematography i feel like i should have done my homework but yeah,
3: same here. It's,
0: I, <laughs> I look up unprepared. all of the cinematographers. I, yeah, film. I have a cinematographer you, for my film, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take the time to look up everyone else's. Yeah, Cinematography was done by uh, Tak Fujimoto. Mm.
2: Shout out to you, man.
3: You killed it. Very nice. But, um, yeah, I agree so much that it's such an important part of this movie. and um, Maybe not one that you uh you really consider when you first watch the movie cuz i think you come away from the performances themselves and maybe the story a bit but yeah. when when you're in the movie um you can definitely feel the um the greatness of the cinematography like you you can see it in the um the motion the um, the framing and stuff it's it's really wonderful even yeah. the the profiles or not profiles the straight view of Hannibal Ector, and Clary also tells mm-hmm. so much. It's just like a humanistic kind of
0: weird yeah. sh- shot. And, it, I mean, it. I will say the one thing I have against it is that it may be used too much to set the mood rather than to, you know, sometimes it just, you know, there aren't necessarily moments that I feel like I'm, oh, you know, overtaken with, wow, this shot is so incredibly beautiful other than you know a few standouts but like which you're gonna get in every movie but right yeah but maybe it contributes too much to the mood and maybe that takes away from it but i don't know if that's it's something i'll consider once we've talked about all the films i think
1: yeah that's fair yeah uh yeah i think it's all really solid i don't know what all i can say that hasn't already been touched upon uh i think i kind of see what robbie was saying a little bit but uh like yeah, it's great. The uh yeah, the only thing for me and we kinda talked about this when we were talking about production design was how well in tandem the production design and the cinematography work to really like enhance that very like did we say like clinical Yeah, yeah clinical medical something like, like that? Like the very way. like clinical feel of everything. It's kinda like like yeah, the like The only thing is i feel like the cinematography like goes above and beyond and goes up to 11 because of the production design but that's like that's that's not a knock against anything it's kind of like if the production design wasn't up to 11 then the cinematography probably wouldn't have been like as enhanced and complemented but like no but like by no means is it bad it's still great like like carter said it's probably definitely like the most mature and very like just yeah very like methodical clinical i know we've I know the word of the podcast is meticulous and I hate to say it again but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's just very like, very clear vision of what they wanted everything to look and feel like and so yeah I don't think it's ever like too much or like oversaturated or anything like that and yeah it's it's oh, good it's yeah. It's, yeah. it's very good
3: yeah and I think um uh to add on to that I agree that um like most movies, the production design and cinematography mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of complement each other or work together to accomplish yeah, the same it, goals. It, it,
1: it's by no mean only yeah like a thing that comes up with science of the lambs it's, Yeah. and yeah, I,
3: yeah. I I agree with that completely. Um uh that they uh that it it has that like most movies do. Um and I like how we said like it's a very uh it kind of conveys that sort of clinical and calcula- calculating calculating, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, aspect or atmosphere of the movie, um, yeah, it's really well done. Even just, uh, it does so well with just the introduction of Hannibal Lecter, like when it's showing all those other prisoners and how yeah. insane they are, and then the reveal pan slash POV of Hannibal Lecter just standing there in the yeah, middle is because like, it, it
1: goes from like the like goes from like the dolly shot to just the static, yeah, just like, yeah, it's just very much kind of like mm-hmm. this guy, this guy's insane, but he's not like like visibly crazy yeah he's terrifying in a different sense and we have to watch to find out He's a different kind of crazy exactly
2: i will say um just i guess as a critique or my only real, real critique of it is um it's very much you talk about there are definitely moments that stand out that are spectacular but think about the film that aren't those moments and it's like it's just pretty regular, and I would even say there are some parts of the movie that the cinematography kind of takes a back seat to the editing, even though they kind of go in tandem with one another, um, but I think there are moments in there where, like, the editing shines, and the cinematography is kind of like, yeah, it's there, um, and the same with, like, there are certain elements where it's, it's more about, like, the music, or it's more about some other things like that. Which, I mean, no movie can be 100% on right, one thing. Right. But I do
3: think, you know...
1: there There is very much a kind of ebb and flow yeah. between all the different aspects. Yeah. Like-
3: yeah, and I think that's a I think that's a valid and good point about that. Because I, one thing I was thinking about was, um, like you said, sometimes maybe the shots are good, but the editing is what sells it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're not talking about editing now. Yeah. Um, so I do see your point in that, and I can't really you against it, because I agree. I yeah. Sometimes, it, uh, for certain parts of it, you can tell that it's more editing than cinematography that's mm-hmm. giving that sort of feel.
2: Like, but the, the misdirect is what comes to mind for me, when the FBI yeah, is charging yeah, in. Yeah, the not that Shot's not remarkable, but the way it's edited. the Yeah, it's the
3: cross-cutting you, that sells it there. But, I would still say that... Um, from or like as most editors would say like you're only as good as the shot is exactly so
0: they work very much together
3: yeah mm-hmm. um, so which
0: is like I said everything in this movie works so well together yeah. right
3: and if it's edited well that means was, the shots are pretty good too so right. yeah yeah
0: I think that's I mean, all we got to I say mean, about yeah, that, that times. what else I just about the editing. the shots match so well that it works like yeah i agree it's meticulously done i mean (laughs) to say meticulous (laughs) again now i didn't realize how much we said it the silence of the meticulous i don't don't know we haven't said the word shining in a while shining 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 or
2: Or prism y'all want to talk about the shining oh Oh, it's uh, so no no, no. let's not talk about the shining we shot it off the moon
0: oh yeah phoenix look behind (laughs) you look up in the air that's the she shining, you just said, going see over that, the moon.
2: Yeah, you see that? You see that looks like a looks like a comet almost. Yeah.
1: That thing shining There's up in the sky. <gasps> <him>.
3: Big fan, <laughs> as I wave to it, leaving.
1: Oh it. goodness! <laughs> All right, how about right, we move let's on? Let's rope it back in here. Stanley Kubrick's rolling. <laughs> right, you want movie. to I talk think, about Robocop? Yeah, yeah I thought you say let's yeah, Robocop we'll, it back <laughs> in here. No, that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> well, you know, because it doesn't have to make sense. Got to rope it back in. No, I guess you could say anywhere. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about RoboCop. Uh, I'm going to try to be, like... I've been thinking about this, and I'm going to try to be as objective as possible because in case our listeners haven't figured it out, RoboCop is probably my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And so, What? And so I hadn't figured this out. This is so completely I'm, new information. Oh, my goodness. Why can't we just talk?
0: Because we only have three <laughs> movies, and we got to
1: fill time. Do we, though? Anyway, yeah, we I'm, not, over... I'm not, I'm not going to be part of the problem. Uh, I'm under no illusions about what kind of movie RoboCop is. It is a uh, sci-fi action movie from 87 made on a budget of $13 million, which was not very much at the time. Uh,
0: Definitely not a lot today for a major motion oh, picture. Oh, yeah,
1: of course not. And uh, cinematography in RoboCop is is not the best by, like, modern standards. Like, compared to Moonlight, it's like... Robocop looks like it could have been shot on a phone next to something like Robo Next to something like Robocop. Next to something like Moonlight. Robo- next to something like, <laughs> <Moonlight> <laughs> something like Robocop 2017. 2017. RoboCop 2014. Yeah, 2014. Mean, like, yeah, even then. But, uh.
2: Wait, is that not the Robocop we've been talking about this whole time?
1: No, Carter. No, Carter. Stop. You've been, <laughs>
3: this changes
2: everything.
1: Oh, goodness. This is his chaotic uh, I'm telling you. But, uh, I feel like we're gonna start with the lighting. Everything is very well lit which I feel like works on two different levels. Cause on one, cause on the one hand, like we're talking about like, this is dystopian, futuristic, crime-ridden Detroit. Everything's falling apart. Everything's going to hell and everything being so well lit, even at nighttime really just like helps to show like, yes, like kind of like, kind of like shines a spotlight on this, on it's kind of like, you can't like sweep this problem under the rug. This is all happening right now. Like you can't just ignore it here it is. Like, and just kind of, like, confront, like, just kind of, like, continuously, like, confronts you with, like, yes, like, there are problems. You can't just turn off the lights and ignore them. But then also, on the other hand, there is also that big sense of, like, hope and, like, finding, hu- like, with RoboCop's arc of, like, finding his humanity. It's kind of like, yes, things are bad, but they can get better. People can overcome. And so everything v- being very well it also kind of, like, shows that kind of, like, hope that is more or less kind of like constant throughout the whole movie. And so just, yeah, there's no fancy like everything's tinted blue or green or anything like that. Everything's just very just brightly well lit. And I think it works. And then there are a number of moments where the lighting definitely just changes to fit whatever theme maybe not theme, but the moments that are happening. Like when Robocop's fighting Ed 209 and Ed 209 blasts him in the face and his visor cracks and there's just the extreme close up on his eye just with kind of like the spotlight shining on it just to show you like, oh, like there is a face under there. There is a man inside the machine and just really helps to hammer home like, oh, he is not just a walking hunk of metal with a very robust, well-defined jaw. And then after he falls out of that fight, he ends up at the like parking garage of OCP, then all the police headlights and everything are shining on him, to, and everything else is just dark and it's just to show like, oh, like it is the man versus machine, but it is man versing the machine that is a man versing the machine, just kind of like, not juxtaposing, but really just kind of showing a different side of this conflict from a different perspective. And then so I feel like that's the lighting. And then the lighting in all of the commercials is like a little bit dimmer with that cheesy like eighties mm-hmm. cartoon newscast kind of not not cartoon, but like commercial. Yeah. Just like that lo fi kind, kind, like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. kind of lighting, kinda like yeah, just to kinda like show how the, all that's going. And uh a lot of the a lot of the camera work in Robocop is Uh, it's very different and it suits each of the characters and what's going on. And I feel like in very good ways, because like whenever it's showing RoboCop walking around or has things from RoboCop's perspective, it like feels very like fluid and almost like kind of robotic because you see RoboCop like walking in behind like the frosted glass in the police station and the camera just like so smoothly turns to follow him and just like constantly kind of does that whenever things are from his perspective.
3: Yeah, and I was I'm sorry to jump in, but I was oh, no, okay. I actually was wanted to talk about that because um uh I think for RoboCop for and the the its use of POV when you're looking through RoboCop's like vision, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the I would even, you know, right now say one of the strongest like uses of POV in 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 like movies or whatever because one thing that it really shows is um like you said, that feeling of like machine controlling this mm-hmm. man, like not to get like you know too deep about it, but like a camera is a machine, and so like by definition, right. you don't go uh, Just... we, well it's it's jokey, but I mean for real, like a camera is a machine, so when you kind of put that p o v um and kind of give that p o v feel of like a camera movement um Move, like going around and stuff, it by nature is making it feel more robotic. Yeah. Um. And when you put it on a POV of a person, it kind of gives that already kind of robotic, um, uh, feeling of watching something, and you're kind of taking into what it really does feel like to be Robocop at this point. And I think, yeah. uh, that's you know not an understatement. It's it would be weird to imagine Robocop without a POV use or whatever. Beca- mm-hmm. And that's like a clear choice that they use, and I think they used it well because. It's it, even just in by nature, it, it already works. And then how they sell it with the actual like, um, effects and like the, what he's like using and the lighting and stuff kind of oh, like shows uh, the machineness of it. Um,
0: yeah. but I think just yeah.
3: using that pan is great. The P,
0: it's one of the few movies where, that has a lot of POV in it that I don't get tired of it really quickly. Hmm. I will say.
2: Like, I'm, uh, I was about to have a hot take. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to bullshit you, Brett.
0: I'm going to speak frankly, because I can now. You, you, you could you, speak you, frankly There was nothing stopping you from I speaking
1: know. frankly this entire show. I know.
0: Um, this is a, so, a podcast that firmly believes in the First Amendment. So, uh, <laughs> Robo, RoboCop's fighting a bit of an uphill
2: battle here. Yeah. Um, well, I, like, like I said, think, I'm under no
1: illusions yes, about what this movie I, is. I
2: think that where this film excels, and you were speaking to it quite a bit, was the lighting. Um, I have a comment about the POV. Um, the lighting, I think, um, is even like because the music. We were talking about that how it fit thematically with the movie. Um, the lighting even to an extent fits thematically because when you have um, and you have Murphy like pre RoboCop, yeah. he's portrayed in a lot of like more natural light. Mm-hmm. And then post copies in a lot more heavy fluorescent light, yeah. which is kind of adds to that more like machine
0: industrial feel. And when he has very human moments, yeah. he's back in. He's back in yeah. natural
1: light. Like when he's walking through the house, having yes. the memories of his family. Yes. yes. When he's
0: out exactly. in like the quarry, kind of I don't know what, mm-hmm. what else to call it. It's yeah.
1: Like, back at the steel mill at the, still, the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Um, where the POV comes in, this was 1987. Seven terminator was 1982 i believe
0: i'll google that
2: um <laughs> it also utilized pov i do think this kind of um borrows from that 84 84 um i do think this kind of borrows from that a little bit i don't think it's like ripping it off but i do think um, to, i
0: mean to a degree it does rip it off a bit because it is sat- yeah it is a satire of other films yeah, exactly. like it so yeah. it's
2: I'll say it does it better. But, yeah, I was going to say, I don't necessarily know that it does it better. Um, I was just saying it's not, like, a wholly original thing to RoboCop to use I this, like, robotic point of view. I, I,
1: I, I didn't think Phoenix was saying uh, it was No, a not at okay. all. POV frame. was invented, like, yeah. way, like, no, decades I know, no, before. No, 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 POV's like been around since people.
2: Like, the robot, <laughs> like, the robot POV kind of thing interface. Oh, yeah, but I, I mean, about.
3: I yeah, but I meant more in the sense of one thing that um, I think RoboCop... Uh, the under underlying like underlying thing um, that that shows is not just that it's a robot, but it's a human yeah. taking over by yeah. a robot. Yes. And he, like,
1: he was talking more of like the theme yeah. and like yeah. the feel of it, not so much the mm-hmm. interface. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, also, it's I think it's done in a different way because most of the POV in Terminator is very red tinted. Yes, that's true. And this it's green. It's a little bit uh, green. It's got. It's just got I mean, kind of a like, like
1: the heads-up display and the text is all green. But yeah. when you're seeing through his eyes, everything is. It's just dark. Everything is just dark, regular yeah. colored. Okay, it's, it's
0: just yeah. got lens. Lens. Lin- yeah. It's got okay. probably a polarized yeah. lens yeah. on
2: it. Yeah. Um. Well, that's what I have to say about that. I, I just but, yeah. I don't. I didn't want. You know. I couldn't. Couldn't tell if it because like, it was coming off to me a little bit, like you were talking about, like. This is, like, using it the best since it's been ever, like, kind of almost talking like it made it like that. And I was like, well, I mean, Terminator kind of did it first. And we can argue who did it better, but that's not really what this is
1: about. Right. right um But, yeah, that's what I think about that. Then uh, to kind of continue, uh, a lot of the – I, like, thought about it and, like, a lot of the shots in Robocop are also, like, very – like symmetrical and like very a lot of them are like very well balanced like uh like uh the first one that comes to mind is when alex murphy's getting blown away like he's there kind of doing like the crucifix pose and just kind of like it's just him just down the middle just get blown getting blown apart on each side and then when he shows all the bad guys they're very just like evenly spread out across the screen And then there's a lot of just like balance between shots when they're doing the chase, just between the two cars. And then in the back of the van, when when a Clarence's goons has been shot and he's lying there on the ground and then Clarence is there like just above him. Like you have one in the like bottom left of the screen, the other one just above him in the top right. And it's just like, I don't wanna say like yin yang, but like just very well balanced and like kind of symmetrical in its way and just really like enhancing like the power dynamic. Then the same thing happens when uh, Clarence has Alex Murphy just at his mercy. You have the high angle shot of Murphy there on the ground saying like, buddy, I think you're slime. Then you have the low angle shot of mm-hmm. Boddicker standing over him. It's just like, like think about, it. I never realized how it's just like well balanced everything is. And it's just kind of like for every shot, there was an equal and opposite mm-hmm. shot. And then just like, Yeah, just a lot of the shots are very symmetrical. Like, RoboCop making his first, like, big appearance out in the world, stopping the convenience store robbery. He just throws open the door, and you get that big, just, like, like, whooshing, like, electronic sound effect. And it's just like, oh, like, RoboCop is here. Mm -hmm. He has entered the premises. And then just, and then, yeah, I just think it's very, very impressive just how well-balanced everything is, again, for just, like, something that can just be kind of, like... Just kind of like tossed aside as like, oh, it's a movie about a robot cop from the '80s. That's. Do
2: you know how
1: like tall Peter Weller is? I do not. Is he? Do you know? Tall if he's enough.
2: Like, yeah. Well, I'm trying <laughs> to think because because you than see me. well, you <laughs> see RoboCop in, in different shots. There's, he's portrayed with this kind of like heft and he's wide size. Yes. I didn't know if Peter Weller was already a very tall man because it may or may not.
1: I, I know. This, I know. He's pretty tall. Because if
2: the cinematography portrays him in a certain way to accentuate like the size of RoboCop, even if in actuality he is not that big, that would be a plus. But I don't know how big
1: Peter Weller actually is. He, I I know he's he's a very lanky person. Yeah. Like he like he is. I guess I you could say he's pretty tall. But he he's. But yeah, the. Are you looking the out? cinematography definitely oh, ex- accentuates like the size and everything, like you were saying.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Fun fact: uh, Peter Weller was the only person that could fit in the suit, yeah. and that's why he was <laughs> the guy to play Robocop.
0: Wow, he's six foot. Six foot. He was so, the Cinderella for that so movie. He's about average height. <laughs> he was. Um, Goldilocks. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he, he,
1: he's like he's like an inch taller than me. So,
2: or I guess, yeah, I would definitely yeah I give that the to Cemetery then because yeah. he, he, yeah. he definitely feels Fox. larger in like, yeah. a lot of the right. shots. Oh
0: yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, I just feel like Two concurrent it, like I just feel like everything kind of comes together to just kind of like make a good film. Like, is it like no? It's not as like complex or as mature, say as like Silence of the Lambs. But I feel like
0: it has like, its own merits like right? it has its
1: own merits like it's like
2: you have to take it within the context of like the film.
1: exactly that's what i'm trying to like that's what i'm because saying the like
2: cinematographer robocop was not going for prestige oscar drama. right
1: right and it's just kind of like it's simplicity yeah. i feel like just kind of like works to mm-hmm. its advantage like it's not yeah. unnecessarily or overly complex it just it works for what it is yeah. and just like when you think about it just like just how well balanced and symmetrical and how just like the camera movements are never just kind of like rapid or erratic. They're all very, they're all very like composed and calm and just work for the story that's being told and everything that's going on. And just, yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like it's pretty good. But again, it is also a product of its time. I recognize it is a cheesy mo- movie from the late 80s. And so I'm trying to be as objective as possible with this.
3: I mean, one thing that we should also bring up um, is. Um, and I feel like we'll bring it up in Roger Rabbit as well, but it also uses its, its cinematography to tell jokes and to be funny. Like this, mm-hmm. like when, um, uh, what is it like when he's like aiming at, like tracking all the body parts and stuff, and then yeah. it starts following yeah. like where those the bullets are going is so funny, and then. Um, I forget like the 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 actual shot, but there's like that the 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 shot of when he's like at the building, like is he like falling or something? You know what I'm talking about?
1: Like uh, when the
3: when the what's the is it what's the mech called?
1: The at Two O Nine. Yeah, when Ed 209 yeah,
3: Nine like is in the the room with there and mm-hmm. starts like firing and stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know it's a it's. It, one thing that I think is to add to your point about it doing what it does well is like I think there's times when it, it plays on the camp um, in like a really in a really funny way like mm-hmm. it it could very well be like just a like a movie um, that's just shot and like the jokes kind of fall but I think there's a lot of times when the shots kind of make the joke funnier and I think yeah. that's like a positive
1: yeah. I actually hadn't really thought about that very much but yeah yeah that's yeah that's pretty cool yeah,
0: um I th- I don't have too much to add on or take away or say, you mm. know, disagree with. Right, that's fine. I think it does well for what it is. I mean, sometimes it's a little flat. I think of the films that we have today, it definitely just looking at it shows the most age and these are all you know, These are all films from yeah. roughly the same five, you know, span of 5 years, you know. Yeah. 87, 88 and 91, like yeah, and I think um, and of the films, I think it does show some of the most age. But like, like, yeah, it
1: it definitely does show its age the most.
3: Yeah, I think we all kind of echo the same criticisms yeah. for it. Um, I think, it, like you said, it's got merits. It's good. Um, what it's good when it's good. So you know, we'll just we'll just see how it goes. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep.
3: All right. Let's wait. Wait, real quick, Carter. What? What, who's the DP before we forget? Because you're gonna look up oh, for all the yeah, movies. I had it. I had, had it. And then I he, forgot it. He even prepped at the beginning, um, I was going to look up. I even I looked it up and <laughs> I, I look, lost the, the name. Oh, man,
2: just, I am yeah. sorry. Credit goes to I believe it was a Frenchman because. Okay. Luke <laughs> Besson or not? Not Luke. <laughs> it Paul It was Paul uh,
0: Verhoeven. Just
2: Verkhova? Yeah, something. And
1: Son... <laughs> uh, where is Paul Verhoeven from? Paul Verhoeven's from, uh, he's, he, he's Dutch, so he's from Something the Netherlands. Like I
0: imagine he's a Dutch cinematographer. Then. <laughs> uh, Just Picano, also known for Das Boots, Starship Troopers. He's German. Total Recall. So he's that, that, German.
1: That's right, he worked on Starship Troopers and Total Recall.
0: Yes. Well, shout
1: out to Wiz- you, man. Right, yeah, the guy I mean, who's the, of the <laughs> crypt. Yeah. That, I don't know why
2: that was. I was no, I was looking at it. There was a Valerian ad.
1: Oh, uh, I was like, yeah, could you, could you oh, imagine yeah. if it was Lucas on? It's like, wait, hang on. I thought he was just throwing out names, just <laughs> no, hoping n- it's, name a person. It's like, yeah, person. like <laughs> yeah, some
3: French <laughs> thing like Pepe Le Pew and the
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marvin the Martian. Let's talk about some of those cartoon characters. <laughs>
1: yeah, perfect segue. Let's go. Ooh.
0: I, I saw that and took a hold of it and just yeah, kept great. going. Let's, talk, Let's just, talk about it. I just said
1: it was a good transition. <laughs> Stop talking about it and do it.
2: You know, I think that <laughs> was such a great transition that Robbie just made. Wow, <laughs> this devolved into the worst do transition. to talk about this uh, for a little bit? can't take you guys <laughs> <I> anywhere. <think laughs> that there couldn't have been a better transition. No. Oh, God.
1: Robbie, just start talking. Yeah, who framed
2: Roger Rabbit?
1: <laughs> who it was is? Judge Doom.
2: Yeah, nope, was, you're right. Yeah.
1: Okay, so,
0: uh, I'm sorry. I'll, just... I'll stop you before we need to, Carter. Uh, the cinematography was done by Dean, uh, Cudn, uh, Dean Cundy. Won an Oscar for it, right? He was nominated for an Oscar for it. Dean, it film. Dean? Um, he, I think he won. Dude. Mississippi Burning won that year. Uh-huh. Dean Coons? Dean Kuntz. But uh, also known for his cinematography work in Jurassic Park, Apollo thirteen, Escape from New York. He did a lot of collaborations Ooh, with Escape John from Carpenter, New York. including uh, Brett's favorite, Halloween three, Season of the Witch. That, that was not
1: a John Carpenter film. But he did do, He did. That was, Hall- was the one and only Tom Wallace. You're right. He did, but he but did he do. Did it? But, uh, fun, uh, fun fact: uh, Dan Hurley is in Halloween three, Season of the Witch, and he's also the head of OCP in RoboCop. <laughs> so come full circle. But Dean Cund- Cundy did <laughs> the first
0: three or four Halloween movie, uh, films. Was the cinematographer or director of photography, depending on what he was credited as each time. Also did Back to the Future. Collaborated with Robert Zemeckis a lot. Yes,
1: uh, we uh, Park. yes I yeah, said, we that. said that. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. You want to talk about meticulous? It's the, the word of the podcast, as Brett said. This film went through before it get, got to the final stage. It went through two shoots and then a uh, animation phase. So the original so they had to go through and they shot every scene originally with stand-in actors and props and stuff in order to so that the actors could get their eyelines right and you know so they could be acting with animated characters. They then shot it again without those things there and then shot it a and then that film was sent to the animators to then use the original as a reference and then to draw in the characters on the second shoot so we're not only going to talk about the cinematography of the real life cameras but we're also going to talk a little bit about animation because this is probably the best place to talk about it i think
3: i would immediately say that we shouldn't consider it but we can talk about it because i feel like that's consi- an entirely different thing yeah, yeah.
0: it's more in like well i think there's
2: i think th- then i think like how the camera follows the animated characters but the animation itself would be this would be if, synonymous if we talking to about talking about,
3: this would be synonymous with. to talking about if if we're talking about with RoboCop we're considering like the actual tracking effects and stuff like or the the UI that we were yeah. glossing over because it's yeah.
1: that's just all like effects in post yeah and we, and we talked about effects with production design I guess
0: we did let, I'll I'll mention what I was thinking about and you guys can tell me whether or not it's mm-hmm. I let me let me get there okay uh, so that's what we're here for. Yep. The, I mean, the cinematography in this is so well done. It, I mean, it, it was nominated for an Oscar it for, an Oscar for it. uh, I mean, let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk about bumping the lamp. Like that is, we talked about it a little bit in production design. That scene, for those of you who don't know, it's in the back area of the bar, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, Eddie trying to remove the handcuffs that have him and Roger stuck together And they keep walking back and forth because Roger's moving all over the room. He's going crazy. The camera is following them the entire time, and Eddie Valiant Mm -hmm. keeps bumping his head on this lamp, causing it to swing wildly back and forth throughout the room. And what happens is the light is so perfectly done that, you know, the same way that the light is hitting Eddie Valiant and the other characters in the room, it's also, you know, refracting and going off. the shadow and the lights are changing on Roger. It became kind of a catch. It became a term for going above and beyond when doing lighting in these scenes, and especially for doing films like this where animation and uh, live action are mixed. It's such a good example of you know how meticulous this film was made. Um, but we can let, let me talk about a little bit about the animation because there are the cam the you know the camera work was done so that these actors could work with. You know, animated characters. So, everything's, you know, making sure that everything's done right so that, you know, Roger stands about three feet tall. And so, there are scenes where you want to make sure that you, in frame, you have Roger, you have Eddie making his eye line at Roger, and then Roger is placed in the right spot. And this is what I was saying with the animation and the animators is that there are times where things are just slightly off, and the animators had to go in and they would stretch Roger out. They would put him on his tiptoes. Like, they would have to work with the already exi- they would have to work with the cinematography to create that final shot that you see and to create something that you know works within what they already had because it was shot a full two years before animators got even a chance to touch it um everything's i just i keep saying meticulous because i'm stuck on it now because brett brought it up but it's detailed detailed so detailed <laughs> the lighting <laughs> is so perfect it you know it moves seamlessly from light-hearted family scenes you know where two dark noir alleys and, you know, a good use of shadows with, we talk about the patty cake scene a lot Mm -hmm. because it's funny, but the way that, you know, the camera just moves throughout those scenes and accentuates humor and, you know, make sure that you're focused on where the joke is more so rather than maybe where whoever's talking Mm -hmm. is. You see, you definitely see what Roger's up to and his craziness more so than maybe in a scene where Eddie's, you know, talking about noir stuff like i don't yeah like the focus it definitely follows roger it follows the joke and i think it does such an incredible job uh let's let's talk about it i would say that yes this movie um is at its best
2: when you're talking about the lighting Mm -hmm. with you know probably the lamp with Mm -hmm. the dark alleys with the way that i mean the way that judge doom is even lit um whenever he's in the scene the way Jessica rabbit is lit when she
0: sings. When she sings, when she freaking sits in Eddie yeah. Valiant's lap and, like, touches his face, takes off his hat. Like, it's so... Yeah. The tracking on that is so... Like, it tracks it her. It, the lighting is perfect so that it doesn't look mm-hmm. like... Because that's an issue you run yeah. into with live-action animation hybrids yeah. is a lot of people missing their marks or just, you know, not carrying clipping, with the light. like,
2: hands going into...
0: Hands clipping. You know, we'll talk about another example from disney mary poppins yeah it looks like mary poppins is just there on this flat background which is this animation and it doesn't hit and it's just it feels a little bit off like she's looking into dead space and but it's done so well in this film that everything feels like the animate the animated characters the real people that they all exist in the same dimensions uh, other thing I'll talk about, I guess that I forgot to mention, was that like unlike other live-action animation hybrids, which have a lot of static cameras because you want to make it easier for the animators, this has camera movement to it that makes it feel like a real movie. It doesn't,
2: you know. The movies very dynamic. They move. It a is lot. super dynamic. That is a fun um, I think that yes, it's very much kind of the gold standard that mm-hmm. like most other hybrid. Uh, animation live-action movies strive to
0: get to that point. It's why they got the same cinematographer and for the Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah. Um, also, actually does it quite effectively. Another um, pretty good example of it. Yeah. Not as great of a movie in the same <laughs> respects, but... I don't know. No, no, we have movies. not talked no. about
3: Space Jam enough in this podcast.
0: Space Jam also. They, I don't, they, he didn't
2: do Space Jam, they, though. He didn't, no, but it's still, that's another movie where... <laughs> I don't know why, but it seems like the 2D with the live action works better than the 3D with the live action. But
1: I think it's also just one of those things that it's... That's a whole different conversation. Yeah, hand painting
0: onto film that's true. is so... Like, um, now you can do it with computers and it's something mm-hmm. that, that wouldn't have worked as well today because true. yeah,
1: we should spend a whole season talking about space jam yeah. either way <laughs> season 2 space jam space mm. fracas either way this <laughs> movie,
2: yes the cinematography on this movie is spectacular um again this kind of I go back to um with when I was talking about science of the lambs where it, like it can't always be on this one I think actually suffers less of that problem because this movie always kind of has something going on whether it's one of the animated characters, you know, even in the background doing something or moving, or like, there's always something in the frame that is drawing, yeah. you know, attention. There's no like, oh, well, this is happening, let's just, you know.
0: Yeah, I think about the tracking shot where it
2: follows Adi yeah. as
0: he walks, like, through the studio, and you just see, like, all the animated characters that are walking yeah. past they are going every which direction. Well, so. and
2: when you talk about, like, cinematography and animation and animated movies and stuff, it's it's kind of a different beast. Um, but they kind of meld that really well with, you know, live action cinematography, and the fact that they marry it so well really speaks to how carefully planned. and um, mm-hmm.
0: These characters are three dimensional in the shots, and that's meticulously. I mean, they're planned. Mm-mm. Use a different word. <laughs> oh, but I was, I was watching, you know, preparing for this. I was reading up everything I could on the cinematography. Roger Rabbit, watching my favorite scenes again. You're telling me you didn't know all of this off the top of your head? I didn't just well, all come up with way
2: that. to be a fan of the movie, Roger. I am a
0: huge fan of this movie. As it's, <laughs> I, coming no, no, into no, no, this no. podcast, I didn't realize how much I just adore this movie. I was like, okay, it's a great movie. You know, it'll maybe go far. I love this movie. Like, it's the same with like Brett. This whole time, like, it's just reaffirming my love for this movie.
2: I hate this movie.
0: I hate
1: all movies. <laughs> Carter's uh, never goodness. liked a movie ever. I've
0: never, I've never seen a movie actually. Uh, this
2: is I've, all a sham.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a movie is. <laughs> What's a <motion>? He's a <laughs> walk film As far as I know,
2: pictures stand still. Thank you very much. What's all this movie? motion? No, thank you.
3: I will uh, not have it. Yeah, you've just seen the 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 Blu-ray covers of your movies and exactly have actually like, read, read the back <laughs> of the box. All the money for physical that copies.
2: It.
0: Yeah. But he doesn't have a Blu-ray player. I okay. stared at I'm a gonna... DVD
2: for hours and nothing happened.
0: I don't know.
1: And that was I the greatest movie I've ever seen. I just saw my own
0: face. Staring that was back that, at me. That movie was Citizen Kane. <laughs> that's his favorite
1: movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna just uh, echo Carter real quick and kind of like, uh, yeah, kind kind of a little similar to what Carter said, where it's kind of like, it, it's not always on. Like it it is good throughout the whole movie, but there are some moments that stand out a lot more than others. Like the bumping the lamp sequence. Like, oh yeah, like that's phenomenal it's revolutionary I mean, it's yeah exactly it's you know inno- it's innovative but it's kind of like it's like yes that's fantastic and that's a great part but it's uh, i'm trying to figure out how to word this correctly there's some great
0: parts but the rest of it's a lot of, I, I will admit it the rest of it's a lot of visual gags and stuff
1: well, like there, there is a lot weird. of that and just like carter said with *Science of the line like there are a lot of great moments but a lot of it is a lot of give and take between everything else and i feel like Roger Rabbit also does have some of that but as we said like every movie has ebb and flow and give and take and so it's just yeah like it doesn't necessarily suffer for it but that is definitely just maybe like a tick just against it yeah
3: yeah um i i of course also think the cinematography in this movie is really good um It, like we've said before, um, earlier, it, um, is an achievement and how it, um, how it frames things just so.
0: Things how are it supposed Who Roger Rabbit?
3: <laughs> exactly. It,
1: uh, <laughs> I swear. Who framed Roger Rabbit? It was Dean. Dean
3: Coons. Okay. Yes. It was Dean Coons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it
2: was executive producer uh, Dick Wolf. Oh. oh um, he framed I mean, Roger uh, Rabbit. Yeah, oh. I just think
3: it, like that alone. you Guys are killing me. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm bringing <laughs> it back. I'm bringing it back. Um, uh, Should we have aspect ratio?
1: No. it's too late for that yeah I guess it is
2: I mean we can always we're, we're into none deep. of
0: these none of these really shit yeah I was gonna
2: say none of you, these you don't really have with with a brain would have a situation
0: here
1: or anything yeah. where like, or like, du- like Dark Knight Rises I just it's had it's constantly thought, I
2: thought I'd bring it up
1: coming in and out like no, nah, I, I think we're well, fine I think, yeah I think they
2: will kind of make it all these movies choose ratio. their aspect ratio and stick with them but we would talk about that in cinematography right
1: you could yeah we could we could but I think we just decided we're not going to just now though the aspect ratio in all of these films
2: is fine.
1: Yeah, that's what we all just right, said, it. Carter. <laughs> cool. It's all great. covered. Wasting time. We know Anyways, what Carter's voting this I'm in then.
3: the <laughs> middle of a point, and then we went to aspect ratio, like it mattered. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, make your point. <laughs> yeah. So, I think it's great.
1: I just I want think... to talk about aspect ratio <laughs> real <gasps>
3: quick. Um, See, it's not fun, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, that's
2: called nitpicking, Brett, please. Don't uh, interrupt Phoenix. I think
3: Phoenix. the way it frames... Um, all of its shots, while knowing stuff's going to be added in post, is excellent and a true achievement uh, to its filmmaking. I think that's where it excels the highest, maybe even more than the lighting, because it's really difficult to get that across. I would say it's just like a matter of just really intricate and probably some very detailed storyboarding um, mm-hmm. beforehand, which I think is you know something that we should consider, because that's a big part of cinematography before it gets shot um it's a big,
0: and it's a big part of animated films which is yes 50% animated yes and now in theory you know I have yeah
3: two kind of things about it the first being I know we've been talking about the bumping the lamp scene and just bumping the lamp as a concept and mm-hmm. stuff I feel like for me with bumping the lamp and the bumping the lamp scene I think the Achievement is in the animation, and I don't want to, I don't think that should be considered for right now because the achievement in the bumming lamp scene is how Roger Rabbit is animated while the light is going, the light is passing his character. And so it's like,
1: oh, that's right. It's like
3: frame by frame, they have to change Roger Rabbit's like color and draw him hand, like draw him by hand again, just with every single frame of light that moves. And that's why it's so like meticulous and detailed. I would
2: say. This is kind of a gray area because, because he actually
3: just hits a lamp. That's not like that's, that's the board
0: But I mean, this need, was a decision made afterwards too. This was something that was given that Robert Zemeckis decided was a challenge that they needed to do. It wasn't like it, this was not written into the script. This was decided that he liked the way it looked and that you know in the end they could have. They could have done something where they just... They could have conceivably right. left Roger. Right, but that's not cinematography. What what I will but say is that... the choice th- to do it even in the room... That's not be-
3: cinematography either. That's hitting a lamp.
0: What what I will say is that... But shifting the lighting.
3: Carter
2: right. is trying to I'm talk. I'm trying to talk. Uh, the light... So I'll say that this is kind of a gray area where you're, where you're touching it because the nature of the shot is how the light affects him, which is the cinematography. And it's just the means that they go about doing that is how they manipulate the animation. So it's kind of both. I would say it should be um, considered because it is how the shot is framed and how the shot is done, and it's the lighting in the particular shot because it's designed to go that specific way. Just the way to accommodate that effect was they had to animate it differently. Yeah, which is what I've been talking about. Which any, any animated movie... Because like the nature of animated movie cinematography is different than that of live action. They have to accommodate it in that way. So I think it is
3: how it's animated, but I think it's also cinematography. I disagree. I mean, take if you take out Roger Rabbit and put a person there, it's someone hitting a lamp. I know, but and that's it's it's I mean, not a, lamp. a person. the achievement is the animation. It's you not should, the okay. cinematography. But you don't get or, to- yeah, or even the lighting because the it's the how the animation acts with the light. That's the yeah. achievement. And that's why I'm saying for that alone for that and the other parts of animation, I think is not what I'm looking at because that's not actual that's not what cinematography is. I would
2: just say it's the it's integral to the composition of the shot and thus it is cinematography. If you don't it want would to cons- be a
0: it would be a lesser shot if it didn't. Yeah, happen. if you It would be
3: a regular shot if it didn't.
0: And, I don't, but that's fine. What you get yeah. is the, you have I, the final product. You don't get to judge it based on what it could have yeah, been and or I'm what just, it is I'm, if you take out something I'm just different. stating I'm, that here, we're
3: talking about bumping the lamp, the term and the scene, yeah. and I'm saying that it's not as strong for this topic. Here's, bumping the lamp is, is super, yeah. is uh, like. Like such an achievement and very wonderful and like that scene is incredible. But as far as like how impressive it is when you're looking at the cinematography, it's you know it's pretty regular. It's the it's the animation that sells it.
2: I see where you're coming from definitely, and it is valid Um, because it is it is definitely an emphasis on the animation. And you're right. If you know if it was another person, it would. But because it is animated and it's how the light affects him. That is still part of the shot. Um, you don't have to consider it in your judging, but I would say it's not stricken overall from consideration between us all. Right. Yeah. I'm speaking so, I'm
0: speaking from my point of view. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. entirely up to you. Um, well, what you end yeah. up with, like I said, is that 50%, I mean, in theory, about 50% of this movie is animation. And to say that what they do with the cinematography of animated characters, of animated sets is not valid because it's drawn later or because it's like... No. Because I think it's still so important to them. film. I think that's still so integral to that shot. No, that's... that's that, I, I, my, my first
3: point was like, I think the best part about this movie is how they frame things knowing that animation's going to be put in post. Like, that's really difficult to do mm-hmm. because it's easy to just frame something in the moment because you have the people there. But if you're doing it in post, I think that's like really impressive and, and a lot of storyboarding and a lot of like yes. precise angles and stuff
0: fair enough
3: i'm just in- speaking in terms of that scene in particular that Cause you're um, saying
2: you're saying the merit comes from like the advanced animation that like the fact that, that they were able to animate him to be affected by the light is where the merit comes in not the fact that the light hits him in the shot
3: Right, because if yeah. it was a person, it would just be a light hitting him. Exactly. But it's great because it's an animated
0: it's character an animated, that's
2: reacting that's, yeah, every and that's, frame. That's by frame. where the merit comes. And from, I still, I it.
0: still think that's a great shot, even if you had another person in there. Because what that- you have is this cramped room. You're tracking back and forth. You're hit. The light is shifting all over the place. Your focus is going all over. The, is you know should be with going where the light's going. But the camera is trained on exactly what you're supposed to be looking at. It's done very very well. I think it is still a fantastic shot, even if the animation... I feel like they could have phoned it in and just had Roger exist and not worry about it, but they went above and beyond. and But I, the shot, I think, still would have worked had you not done what they did. Had right. they not done what they did.
3: Right, and when I say... Um, and uh, I'll move I'll move on in a second. But when I, when I say that I'm not considering the, the animation in this movie, um, I'm not saying I'm not considering 50% of the movie. I'm just saying that when... Things are framed. I'm looking more at when things are framed and how the camera moves and the light in that scene than I am, like, oh, you know. So, like for instance, I think, um, like one great shot in this movie is when, uh, when Roger. Well, uh, for one thing, I think the whole sequence with uh, Jessica Rabbit and her introduction is is really well done, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Her, the the tracking of her as she's walking down the the Runway, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, and singing is really well done. The framing of uh, what's his name, Valiant, Valiant, Valiant. Valiant, yeah, Valiant, as he's looking up and as she's looking down at him, and like it, you know, it's Mm -hmm. really, really great and stuff. Um, I think all that's really good. Um, My other, I would say, small kind of um, criticism, and this is something I can be swayed on for sure, Mm -hmm. is one thing that I really like about. Uh, Silence of the Lambs and Robocop is, I think, in the cinematography. And this gets into more, like, you know, my film major mind and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in those movies, I feel like cinematography kind of ha- kind of goes at a deeper element. You know, it's like kind of mise-en-scene, mm-hmm. where you, you see it and you can get a piece of the narrative without even any words at all. Um, and I think with Silence of the Lambs, it's a lot of, like, terror and, like, power dynamics and... Uh, just the the creepiness of being watched and, you know, someone looking dead at you and stuff. Um, And with Robocop, I think Brett touched on it, too, where it's like the themes and the kind of things you get from it are the mechanical, Uh like, machine vibes and the fight between man versus machine, um, the transformation element of the whole thing, the the campiness and the sort of, uh, I would say, like, darkness of all the scenes with um, Boddicker. Uh, But... Mm -hmm. I would say for Pro Friend Roger Rabbit for the most part I would say it is I wouldn't say there's like any sort of themes that it kind of touches on like uh, that's not just service level or like just following the plot as it goes which I guess makes sense because they're more focused on getting these like getting the animation in post and and providing these room for these gags and stuff but I think still something I'm considering is When I see shots in the movie, I don't necessarily say like, oh, that's a great shot. And they're saying something without even saying something. But it's
0: also still a family movie; Like, it's not going for something incredibly deep, I think. But I still think that the mise en scene is very, I mean, the shots are still very well composed. There's a lot going on in them. Everything is very carefully chosen like we talked about in production in the production design episode.
3: Well, can you can any of you all like say last, like a scene where yeah, you're like
0: Well what I wanna yeah, what I wanted to say is speak to that.
2: Um, last thing about bumping the line, because I just had a thought. Um, <laughs> real quick, promise. Um, I agree with Phoenix that if it was just another person, the shot itself is fine. There's nothing spectacular about it. But what I will say is that where the lighting and animation meet in that is um, kind of it's the achievement of the marriage of animation and live action, um, and the, how the cinematography affects that and is translated in that hybrid and, and marriage between the two um, formats. I guess, yeah, media, whatever, um, medium. So that's basically where that how that fits for me. Um, talking about what you were talking about. Um, I think because a lot there are a lot of like visual gags that are done with the camera motion and movement,
0: and I'm trying to remember. Do they hit the camera at any point? I don't think they quite. I don't think they. No,
1: because it still
0: works like a yeah. standard film. Like there's no real breaking. Of I, mean, the I don't. Wall. They don't really yeah, break the fourth There's wall. no real meta. Like the most meta they content. get is that you know the maroon cartoon yeah. at the beginning is a set like yeah. it's, I just couldn't
2: remember if they hit the camera at any point I don't I don't think
0: so I'll be but, breaking a wall beyond yeah, the wall they already yeah, yeah, no.
2: but there are still things. yeah there are still visual gags that are done through camera movement and I think that kind of establishes it's comedic tone and like reinforces that so it does it not quite to the intensity as like say Science of the Lambs but I'll say it's still
0: there yeah I mean it the cinematography conveys the comedy. It's based in, I mean, this whole movie is just seeped in cartoon tonage. Tonage? Is that?
1: It's (laughs) seeped in like
0: just the tone and the feel of cartoons and even in the scenes that are more strict noir, it's got, you know, it still has its cartooniness to it and I think that it does convey a comedic tone, a, you know, surrealist tone of cartoons throughout the entire thing. And it's very face value because cartoons are very face value, but it just doesn't have as, you know, it's not a drama like the silence, like silence of the lambs or even like Robocop is like, it has, it doesn't have super deep meanings to convey in every shot. Like, yeah, it's pretty face value, but I don't know if that's a bad thing. If it's, you know,
3: yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm considering it like how, you know, like when we talked about production design in moonlight, it's like, well, the movie doesn't need to be, you know, so grandiose when it's just the way it is. I'm thinking about that for this, like even though it doesn't need to be anything more than face value, I can't not consider that because it still
1: could be.
0: Okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Phoenix. Like that makes sense. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I kind of Phoenix is kind of swaying, swaying me a little bit here because like thinking about bumping the lamp, like, yeah, I never really stopped to think that kind of like, yeah, what is really phenomenal about that is the animation itself. And I, I, kind of like I do have to kind of say that a lot of what you're saying like while it is valid a lot of what you're saying is kind of like about like the achievement in animation itself which while that is very impressive talking about cinematography in a live-action animation hybrid is also like hard to say, like a very gray area kind of like very fine line and it's hard to tell like what's the animation what is the cinematography. Whereas like compared to like a fully animated movie like Ratatouille, that does play around so much with the lighting, how the camera is set up with the shadows, the interactions of everything. It is very clear that that is the cinematography but that's also wholly animated. And then also compared to like scenes that are fully CGI like in Pacific Rim, while that is like overall a dumb cool movie, like the scenes with like the Jaegers and Kaiju destroying uh, like Tokyo or wherever they are in Japan. Just seeing how all the light interacts and how everything is played out how the camera works that is very clear cinema cinematography but it is also wholly cgi not like a blending of the two more or less and so it's just kind of like like phoenix is saying it is kind of like it is very hard to tell where like when is it considered cinematography and no longer animation because you like you are kind of talking i feel like that they are one in the same when they are kind of as Carter said, two com- very different beasts. I would, I would, and so it, it, it's just kind of like, I, I think I'm kind of siding with Phoenix on this and that like, while it a lot of it is great and like, don't get me wrong, like, yeah, the cinematography in the movie overall, holistically, if I can use Carter's word... It is very like it. It is very good. It's good. Like we've said, it was nominated for an Oscar. Like clearly, that happened for a reason. But it's just Just to point
0: out, it's the only one of our movies today nominated for the Oscar.
1: That is for cinematography. For For cinematography. But uh, like yeah, it is just kind of. I do feel like you are talking a lot more about the animation than, say, cinematography on its own. And I was also kind of thinking the same thing as Phoenix said, kind of like when we were comparing production design, kind of like, oh, well, like, Moonlight was based on a play, so it doesn't necessarily need to be like that, but it's like, okay, but compared to everything else. Yeah, I get And yeah. so... When, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. I,
2: yeah, I would just say, like, some things like this, it's a very gray area, and it's, I think could be talked about in both it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive one subject like, right, or the other like, you it, can talk about it in cinematography and if we were to discuss animation we could talk about it in animation right. as well
1: like, yeah it, it's not necessarily a zero sum game yeah. right Here, here's, but, w- here's what I'll I'll
3: pose and this might be this might change things so like this is a cin- cinematography topic that's yeah. what we're discussing if let's say you know the movies are different mm-hmm. and we're talking animation mm-hmm. Are we talking camera movements, because that'd be necessarily the same thing.
0: I think you, I think you still would. I think that
3: I don't know if I would. I would talk about the drawing and the characters and stuff.
0: Well, are we talking about animation or cinematography? or we well, like about cinematography in a, hypo- and in a hypothetical yeah. topic
3: where we have animated movies, and the mm-hmm. thing is, oh, I'm animation. Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, no, best animation. You wouldn't talk about that, but I would say that. Yeah, because if they're talking about cinematography different. with a group of wholly animated movies. I think you still talk about camera setup. I think you still like.
3: I don't know if I would. I, I mean, in a, it could be a like a discussion of,
0: of, let's say that all three of our movies were animated, and we were still talking cinematography. Yeah, you definitely talk about the same things.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, maybe it's like a square rectangle type deal, but I would say like, if the if the things were changed, I don't know if I would be like, yeah, the animation of Who Framed Roger Rabbit is good because how they pan the camera. Oh and no, stuff. that's
0: not. I, I want you to understand what I'm saying. If we were talking about all animated movies and we were talking about cinematography still... No,
3: I'm talking about anim- I'm saying... If we're so, talk-
0: but if, we're, if we're switching it to a different... Because you're saying
3: top- you're saying that because it's cinematography, we can talk about the animation. I'm saying if the talk was animation, would you be talking about cinematography?
0: Okay, but just because you can go one way doesn't mean that it doesn't, like...
3: So you're saying it's like a square rectangle thing where, like, a square is, is not a rectangle, yeah, but w- a rectangle I is a square. I would say it just
2: depends on the instance you because have- you could talk about animation... And how it affects the cinematography, like yeah, what that's we're, exactly what we're what talking saying. about here in Roger Rabbit. But you could also talk about the animation in, from different aspects. Yeah, and vice versa. If the cinematography yeah. is, you know, my only, discussion on animation
0: sim- wouldn't include the way the camera moves. But yeah. my discussion on cinematography, I think, because so much of the scene and so so much of the movie, so much of the shots are composed of animated uh, pieces, that I think you have to discuss it a little bit. I think it.
3: I mean, I I think maybe this is just person to person. I'm saying that I don't see it. Like, so, we could say
0: was, 50% of the movie's
3: animation, but 100% of the movie is some is some framing. So that's kind of what I'm judging on. I'm judging I've, on 100% of, like, the camera and the framing of the shots. I,
1: I think this is very person to person. It is very situational. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a lot of it is very movie dependent because I know a lot of, like, Classic Disney movies like Snow White Pinocchio that were made on that like multi layered camera. Like, if you're talking about animation in that instance, like you would have to talk about camera movement because the animation was like the yeah. camera, camera, the well, camera movement and the animation were very much in tandem, very much hand in hand. And so, you would not be able to talk about just it, it is very situational. Yeah. And so, I that's I, a good point. Like, was- it, it, it's a very kind of like muddled up. Yeah, like was... hypothetical situation to make. I I understand what Phoenix is saying, but it is also just yeah. it's just not as clear-cut as yep. you're as you're trying to make it sound, although I do appreciate what you're trying to do and just I yeah, I just feel like since this is such mm-hmm. like a very unique movie mm-hmm. where is it animation, where where is when is it cin- cinematography? I feel like that is kind of working against it, well, in our discussion right now.
2: Well, and this was kind of my main point at the very beginning of this discussion about about this, was that when you're talking about the cinematography of an animated movie, it's kind of a very different beast than the cinematography of a live-action movie because you have to factor in animation. Um, and, the, and where I was getting at was that in the marriage between the two, this is kind of the perfect instance of that. Um, so, so yes, it is a very case-by-case case basis, and when you get into cinematography in an, animated movies, it is a much more muddied... Um, kind of subject. I don't necessarily know that we would talk about them separate from one another because they are so integral to each other. So yeah,
0: what I will say, and I think this is the last point I'll make about it, and I think we'll then, then move we on talk about our winners. What I'll say is I think that this movie could have been could have done it so much worse because there are so many examples of it being done so much worse. And I think because this is such a perfect blend of the two, that whether or not you think it, you know, bumping the lamp, like, that that should even be considered for cinematography, I think that the fact that the cinematographers, that the entire team created a movie that does this so well, and has characters existing in the same dimension, existing in the same plane, that is an achievement that should be given as a check to this. And I think it's all in all, it's, I think it does it so well, and I think Carter's right. but. That's just what I think. I think we've talked so, this. I think we're going to keep talking we'll, in circles on this one. Let's yeah. Talk yeah, I think it's yeah. best to just call About it here. who we think we won this week.
3: Can I go first? Sure. Sure. I'm picking Silence of the Lambs. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I I kind of went in this already set in mind, um, but you know, I think the movie's just shot so well. Um, uh, and I don't really have anything else to say other than what I said earlier, but it's just so fantastic. And... I wanted to go first because I knew it would be just an easy pick for me.
2: (laughs) So I'll go second. Um, I'm also picking Signs of the Lambs. And I meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about it, but I'll bring it up now. Why it's my winner is look at all the other movies that we've got. Take away all of the sound. If you're watching purely the movie with no sound, so it's just the movement of the camera, which one of these maintains the integrity of that movie the most? It's Signs of the Lambs. Like that movie with no sound is arguably just as tense and terrifying as it is with sound. And I think that shows how effective the cinematography is. That is that
1: getting rid of like sound design and dialogue yes. or keeping
2: 100% no sound whatsoever? No like sound you watch it and hit mute and, you and, you and you're watching a movie,
1: a silent film. Yeah. Hmm, interesting.
0: A silent
1: you feel man's. like because so, talk- I think definitely of these three,
3: of these three, and yes. then when you look at right. the others, I could see your point of that's, that being the case that, too. It's interesting
1: because since just like thinking back to like our talking about like dialogue and everything and how like such a big part of that movie is the dialogue. I wonder like I'm interested to kind of like test that and see like mm-hmm. if it would be just as tense without the dialogue and just having those scenes of just seeing her talking to Hannibal Lecter being like, okay, he's talking to her, she's talking to him. She doesn't doesn't look like she likes what he's yeah. saying, but
0: the shot reverse shot I think is what would ruin it for me.
1: So it, it would just be interesting to like no, I totally mm-hmm. see what you're saying. Yeah. And I agree to an extent, but it's just be interesting mm-hmm. to kind of test that. But yeah. So
0: Science the wins for me this week. Okay. I okay, think it's a good pick. Robbie? This week? I gotta pick Roger Rabbit. I know it's contested. I know there's issues. I, I just I'm also shocked. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Not all of us can be wild cards this week, Cardi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We just spent, you know, an hour and a half talking about it, I'm sure. Um, Not really. Don't worry, guys. Um, But it's so good. I love it. I'll let Brett make his pick.
1: I am also going to pick Silence of the Lambs just because, just, yeah, it is definitely the most mature and just, yeah, how it just definitely just just adds to everything else in that movie, adding to the tension and whatnot and just yeah it's it's good it's, yeah, it's a, good it's a good so, looking movie
2: <laughs> with all winners there must also be a loser and in, in this penultimate episode we're getting ready for the final fight so what of our final, final fracas the final fracas so what of
3: of our uh, our films The saying goodbye this week that's be what next? we're about to find out am i voting first yeah i'll do it I was just um, go in the same order. So, I forgot to bring this up, but um, in prep for this, because I really wanted to get the cinematography and say some really valid opinions on it without just going off of memory, I rewatched Sounds of the Lambs, I rewatched Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and while I didn't rewatch all of <laughs> Robocop, I watched as many clips as I could on YouTube because it's not streaming anywhere and I don't own it, and I was out of town, Brett, so I couldn't borrow your Blu ray. Um,
1: and I, I gotta would've, say, I would have found you yeah I gotta or a say delivered
3: it. <laughs> I know you would have um <laughs> before I was watching them, I thought my answer was there for me um after having rewatched those movies, I can say that it made the gap a lot thinner between who framed Roger Abbott and robocop i i now it was now a lot tougher than I thought it was gonna be. Um, <laughs> however, from the points I made. I gotta say that I'm voting off Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I don't like that I'm voting it off, but I really... I mean, when I I really get down to um, what I look at for cinematography, it's, you know, it's gotta be things that kind of are... say things about the movie without, you know, without saying it, having some sort of mise-en-scene at work. And it's gotta just play on some of the thematic elements of the movie and because uh, you know the camera is what makes the movie and it when you um, there's got to be some artistic choices with that I think it's super great how much it like utilizes it um, to have to put animation afterwards and post but I think when you don't look at that it's a lot of um, it's a lot of blank space and uh, some and certain shots seem a little uninspired and just kind of there because they know it'll it'll be better later on and f- I don't see that with Robocop and I don't see that with Silence of Lamb so unfortunately I got to vote who framed Roger Rabbit for the first time I'm voting off Who Framed Roger Rabbit but yeah <laughs> that's my pick
0: oh boy Carter Spellards
2: So I was thinking about this and it's difficult, cause Brett made a hell of an argument, and putting them. I I talked so hard for Who Framed Roger Rabbit for that one fucking scene, but um, <laughs> seeing how they like, looking at it, movie to movie, you know, shot for shot. When Brett brought up the fact that they framed the shots in Robocop in like a yin yang sort of way, that had never even occurred to me. But the more I think about it, I'm like, there was so much careful planning that actually went into that like cheesy 80s action movie. (laughs) And it's insane because, as we've brought up more than once, Roger Rabbit was nominated for the Oscar. But ultimately, I... I have to, uh... Ultimately, I... I I
3: gotta give it to Roger Rabbit. I gotta... Man. It's looking looking grim. Alright, Robbie.
0: I... You know what? Last week uh, after we recorded, I looked at Brett and I said, Brett... I don't have anything against RoboCop. I really, I just don't like it as much as you guys. It's, <laughs> I got to vote it off. I think it's static. I think it's flat. I don't like the cinematography in it. I get what Brett talks about for it. It just does not hit me the same way it hits you guys. I don't think it's that great of a movie. It doesn't ever seem to be that much more than a cheesy 80s movie for me. And I got to vote it off. I, I've done it three weeks in a row. This is, this is my vote for it this week. I know it's. we're either going to split or I don't think we're going to split. Brett's not going to vote for <laughs>
3: he could. He could. He, we'll see. He, it depends if he votes with his heart or if he votes with his mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I came into this episode with a very clear idea of what I thought was going to lose and what I thought was going to get voted off, and I was ready to admit to it and vote it off, but coming in here and hearing all the arguments and just this whole episode just as like like phoenix said just that whole gap just kept getting thinner and thinner and thinner and just a lot of the arguments that were made just totally swayed my mind and i'm just like am i shaking yeah not really <laughs> <laughs> but i just i was not expecting to vote okay. this way but just all the arguments. I am going to vote off who framed Roger Rabbit. And just, I was ready to vote RoboCop, but just hearing Phoenix talk about, just, hearing Phoenix talk about everything, and when Carter said, like, if you take away all the sound, just, Signs of the Limes is the only one that kind of lives up to it. And then hearing Phoenix talk about how, like, the other two movies, the camera work really, like, shows you, like, like adds to what's going on adds to the theme and i like if you combine that with taking away all the audio and the sound it's just all doesn't really it kind of stacks the deck against roger rabbit and we were talking a lot more about the discussion about like scenes versus the movie as a whole and just a lot of very good arguments were made and just i was ready to vote with my heart but now i'm voting with my mind and my vote goes to who framed roger rabbit Damn, the upset. That is actually. This is been another upset. exciting
2: episode
0: of film Frack this, yeah. like, this is the yeah, I feel like I,
1: this is, is the penultimate this is episode. The this big, episode. This is battle. Yeah. Of the this is the upset of the season. Of the season, probably. Oh man, I am, so
0: I don't think. I mean, I'm floored because I think you guys are. I don't. I don't know. I we talked about it at length for so long. I definitely
1: did not see this coming. Actually, we don't have any more. I, I, I did not know. I, I, this I'm, is a
3: shocker to us as well as it is you listening. Like, this is crazy. Like,
1: like when I started talking about RoboCop, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm under no illusions about what this movie is, and I was kind of like, that was my way of saying, like, yeah, I know this movie's going to get voted off this episode, but here for the second week in a row, bitch, I'm shook.
0: <laughs> yeah. i We'll get to it next week, but we'll talk about these films holistically. All right. Yeah. We'll, we have a, a final episode yeah. of season one coming up next week. Uh, so let's give our yeah. sign off okay. some recommendations. Yeah. Um,
2: I am Carter Spilliards at CA Spilliards, like spill something in your yard and add an S on Twitter. Uh, my recommendation this week is if you have Stars counterpart on Starz with J.K. Simmons, is actually a really great show. It's got this kind of great. Um, like spy thriller to it and kind of a sci-fi bend and I'm really enjoying it.
1: Cool. Uh, You find me on Snapchat. I am Brett Johnson or JHNSN number one. Uh, I post a movie review as close to every day as I possibly can. Hit a lapse this weekend but hey, I'll post a review. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Agree, disagree. Send me a message. We'll talk about it. Uh, My recommendation this week is the... One and only The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai oh Across the 8th Dimension from 1984 starring the one and only Peter Weller. <laughs> I the clo- the best way I can describe this movie is if they took the emotion joy and managed to condense it into a movie for 2 hours. That's what it is. It is a sci-fi camp adventure and oh my god, it's so good. So go watch it and then tell me how much you hate me.
3: <laughs> That's such a good connection to RoboCop, still, yeah, yeah. and bringing the Peter Wellers <laughs> thing together. Um, I'm at bombass Phoenix on Twitter. You can follow me there. Um, my recommendation is again another TV show because I haven't been to the movie theater since South by, unfortunately. But oh, well. the the at this show I'm recommending, like a month. It's been, yeah, it's been a yeah, months. recording this right now. It's been like a month, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But I've just been busy. Um, but. For my recommendation, I'm going to be picking the Season 2 of Legion on FX, which, for me, premieres tomorrow for you. It's already out, and you should check it out because it is... You're
2: proactively saying it's going to be good? Yeah, 100%, man. Check I mean, out the first season of Legion if you haven't seen it.
1: It's fantastic. I agree. Oh, and thanks for the recommendation. I will check out the first season of Legion. <laughs> I still haven't seen it.
3: I, I mean, I think it is my... Favorite TV show on right now. I love it a lot. And I'm so, so excited for episode two. Um, In before next episode when I see the first episode and it's not good and I cry or whatever. But I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good.
0: (laughs) I am Robbie underscore DeShazer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I post stuff there. Mostly just retweeting home fracas at this point. Um, My recommendation... I gotta say, Ready Player One's good. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Don't think too deep about it. It's a movie. It's not a film. Uh, but go see it. It's worth your money. Brett disagrees. It's whatever. Brett and I are just, having a lot of wait, disagreements no, not, right hey, now.
1: No, just like the... Just like how pretentious that kind of sounds. Like, oh, it's not a film. It's a movie. Yeah, Steven Spielberg said that at yeah, like, South we were we were like, we, like We were what? talking about that before the show, but I was just kind of like, wait. like
0: Yeah. It's a fun, know, just, entertaining two like, hours yeah, and 20 minutes it's worth your money you yeah. go do it mm.
3: and I'll say this real quick um, for those of you listening please uh, write us a review on iTunes that really helps us oh, out yeah, and yeah. follow yeah, us yeah. on our please. social media accounts yes. all film fracas right uh, uh, yeah
1: across the board at film fracas yeah. Yeah. Um, let, let, let us know what we could be doing better let us know what you like let us know what you don't like
2: yeah stay tuned for our season finale next week season one finale next week it'll be, be exciting
1: who knows what will happen there's definitely oh, an underdog
3: <laughs> But
0: we'll see. <laughs> it's, kind of a,
3: it's kind of a David versus Goliath here, well, but uh, I mean, but it'll maybe, be an
0: interesting conversation. Nonetheless, oh, yeah. it will. For sure. oh, Thanks bro. for listening. Thanks for, Thanks for listening. listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye bye.
3: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Fracas. We know there are a lot of shows on the web, and we are so glad you took the time to listen to ours. Thank you to Brett Johnson, Carter Spilliards, and Robbie DeShazer for writing and producing each episode. Please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever you listen. It really does help get the word out. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FilmFractice. Once again, thanks for listening, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode.